Welcome to the Fit Dad Club podcast. You're here with Travis Jones here today with Jason Barrett. Jace, how are you doing today, mate? Doing fantastic. It's a nice nine degrees here. We're slowly climbing down to Tassie weather. Oh, mate, it's mate. It was probably it's actually probably like twelve or thirteen degrees here today. It's mate. When there's a, a minus two yesterday and there's a thirteen degree today, there's a fifteen degree in change from day to day. Mate, you getting whiplash. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Today, today for everyone listening, we are talking about being coachable or how to be coachable. If you are on the path to transform your life, right? It doesn't matter what you want to accelerate progress and to get there faster is to have someone who's been there, done that, and has a clear path to coach you through the process. You know, for me, if I'm trying to put some Ikea furniture together, for example, I don't just have the box and think I know how to do it. No, there's instructions. And that's a form of coaching. It's showing you how to put it together. It still takes a long time for me to put Ikea furniture together. Hey, let's um, let's be, be, be real about yeah, that. But at least um, it's put together right. <laughs> exactly. It's put together right. And at the end of the day, it still looks like the picture once it's done. And that is exactly what a coach is. It's a person with a set of instructions who can give you from where you are the disassembled piece of furniture and they can give you the instructions on how to put this together so you look like the perfect Ikea furniture and we'll even throw in one of those fancy Ikea hot dogs at the same time. But that's what a coach is. They give you the directions. And then if you snap off one of those little dowel rods and you need to be adaptable and change what we need to do, that's what a coach is for as well. Bane of my existence. <laughs> Literally, dude. Um, and we also make sure you don't have a couple of pieces left over at the end. So with this, but that, that is literally coaching. It's giving the instructions, helping you navigate the pitfalls, helping you understand um, the common mistakes that people make. Uh, like that is everything that people need. Because you don't have the skill set. Um, if you aren't at your goal weight, if you aren't at uh, essentially your goal body fat or strength, it's because you you simply probably don't have the skill set at the moment. Skill set to get, uh, get the result and also sustain the result long term. And you might be listening to friends, family, you know, foes, um, your latest influence you, you swiped by. Um, on the social platform that you're looking at and you're jumping from thing to thing when in reality you need to have one true source um, of knowledge to listen to and then execute. So I was trying to find really the right coach for you that fits in with um, you know, your plan and your constraints in life. And that's obviously why we coach dads. We understand dads. We understand the constraints of dads and we help dads and coach them through the process. Now, anyone listening to this today, it's like, don't switch off right now. If you're like, I'm not going to hire a coach. This podcast isn't relevant to me today, but this is being coachable in life as well. Hmm. So take on this in a coachable mindset and be open-minded with this podcast because you might learn a couple of things that you can put into your workplace, your health place, and also your relationship on how to be coachable. So Jace, why do you think people want to be coachable? Um, I mean, I, f- I don't feel like too many people want to be coachable before they actually in that space. It's like that that um, that sort of barrier. It's like once you're through it, you're like, oh, okay, you know, I actually realize this is this is good. This is nice. Uh, most people don't. Yeah, they don't. They're not setting out like oh, I want to be coachable. But the um, the benefits of being coachable are probably more than most people actually realize, right? So being coachable is more than just doing what someone tells you to do. Um, you know, no questions asked. It involves a lot of trust. It involves a lot of patience. Um, it involves just um, 
you know, being willing to, I think the biggest thing is letting go of the ego and being willing to listen to and absorb feedback and take it on board and improve and get better. Um, the people who are coachable and the people who, you know, stay in a, a coachable or like a growth focused mindset, which we'll talk about a bit later on. We've talked about it three or four times on the podcast already, but people who stay in that mindset and they're willing to be coachable, just get better results than anyone else. Like you don't see people like, you know, Michael Jordan, not listening to their coach. There's a reason he had a coach was to help him improve and get better and do better every single time. Like those people don't get to where they are without having a coach. Every single great sports person, great athlete has had someone in their corner that's taught them what to do. And they've been coachable. They've absorbed every bit of um, information and insight that they can from that person. And as a result, they've achieved their goals faster than anyone else would have thought possible. So if you're on the fence about, oh, why do I need to listen or understand by being coachable? It's like, it's the thing that's going to get you the results because you don't know everything. And there's a portion of your mind, it's a portion of essentially information out there that you know you don't know. It's like, oh, I know that I don't know anything about uh, being a mechanic, right? Me personally, I know fuck all about it, right? Yeah. I'm, but I'm aware of the fact that I don't know it. But there's a whole region and most of the information in the world out there is stuff that you don't know you don't know. So if you don't know that you don't know something, be willing to be a student and have a coachable mindset and come to the, the, the table saying, you know what, I don't know that much about this. I'm really, I'm interested to learn. I'm interested to be open, take on board what's relevant and then leave the rest at the door. So that's kind of a couple of reasons why you would want to be a coachable person, because simply put, you're going to get much better results. Okay. You're actually going to get results compared to people that aren't willing to be coachable that are stuck in their way because you're doing the same shit you've already done forever because you're not willing to have a different perspective. You learned one thing once and then that was it. It's like, well, stuff has evolved in the last 10, 15, 20 years, right? Very, very yeah. rapidly. We're in the fastest paced changing environment in the world at the moment. It's like, especially with this AI stuff that's coming out, right? It's like day yeah. after day, they're releasing new things and new ways to use it and all of this crazy shit that's going on. If you think that the thing that you learn in a textbook or from someone you spoke to 10 years ago in a bar is still going to be fucking relevant, then you know, there's, you, got, you got another thing coming. So being willing to be open to what's new and what's changing is a big part of being coachable. And that's a big part of actually getting the result. Mate, 100%. I think the biggest thing is, one, is having the humility like to listen mm. and to, to let go of all of the beliefs that you think you currently have. Um, I think that's because, you know, when we do something enough times that we believe this is the only way how to do it, right? We can't even see otherwise. We only see the way we've done it in the past. The amount of guys have come on to the program that I've coached in the past and it's like, I have to go low carb, I have to go low carb. And I'm like, no, dude, you, you actually do need carbohydrates. You can have carbohydrates. They really don't have effect in your fat loss in context for most people. Um, and even when I start coaching them, they automatically start dropping their carbs themselves because they're already in this mindset. I was like, no, nah, man, you need to eat more carbs. I want you to have a minimum number of carbs. Like this is it. Um, just so you have more energy so you can push in the gym. And then they start eating more carbs and they start losing more weight and having more energy. And all of a sudden I've broken a belief that they've had. But mm. I had to, even though I told them the first time, I had to coach them through the process for them to break that belief. And if they didn't understand that, then what they're doing is going to constantly go on this merry-go-round of weight loss because at the end of the day, you can't cut carbs for life. And if someone comes into it, it's like, oh, I'll nearly lose 10 kilos, going to cut carbs and they cut carbs and they, they try and follow this sort of, um, I would say, 
unhappiness because carbohydrates are happiness um route (laughs) in fact it is unhappiness route on body transformation and they can't sustain it long term then what happens is they like okay well i'm just going to start eating carbs again and they pull all the way back on because they didn't really understand anything about nutrition calories protein fats or carbs or how it actually comes together and that is what being coachable is about is to go no what your beliefs might have been are this, and this is, you know, what why they aren't true, and why they the the where they came from, and why they aren't currently valid anymore. You know, whether it be six meals a day, whether it be carbohydrates, whether it be running or doing more cardio for fat loss, or doing higher reps to you know muscle tone or whatever it is. I've heard it all, um, and I still hear it all, um, even from guys. I don't want to get big and bulky, so I do like higher reps, right? I was like, no, no I don't dude, want to be one of no. those big buff gym yeah. dudes. So, um, <laughs> all right, be my Although I was seeing a photo of me, I was like, oh, I wouldn't want to have as much muscle mass as you. I was like, dude, trust me. Like, it's like it's not going to happen. Um, yeah. Or not in the next 16 weeks. Um, <laughs> so so I, I think when it's, it's helping them understand all these pitfalls that they would fall into so they can have accelerated progress, the least uh, path of resistance to the goal and if you're breaking down these prior beliefs that they had then what we do is by why that people want to be coachable is they can then have long-term success because now you've learned how to actually achieve a result so now i know how to sustain a result with again the least uh, the minimal viable effort right and that's what we want to always look at right where's the minimal viable effort to achieve a goal and there's a, what is the minimal viable effort to actually maintain um a goal as well and i think that is the biggest things of why someone wants to be coachable and then what we're going to go through now guys is what the i guess the top attributes of people who are coachable and what what they do and i think we did just cope uh, go over this is like open-mindedness is the number one attribute like you need to decrease and let you know leave your ego at the door if you ever want to get a coach it's like you know you don't know what you don't know you don't know um essentially where the coach is coming from with some of the stuff so it's good to have questions and and ask questions but you need to have all your preconceived ideas um and how this transformation is going to happen you need to let go of them and trust in the process that you've hired someone to navigate the path for you and then you just follow the process that they actually are laying out in front of them. You're walking in the the footsteps of them, behind them to achieve the goal. I think that is the one of the that is the number one attribute of anyone who wants to be coachable is having an open mind. Yeah, being willing to absorb whatever comes in. It's like take it on board, try it out. If it works, awesome. If it doesn't, you know, get feedback on it, improve it, change it, whatever. But um, the most important thing is that you actually give it a go. Um, what you were saying before kind of sparks something for me. Is like I think a lot of people who aren't willing to be coachable, it's like they almost want to make all the mistakes themselves before they'll trust mm. that it's true. So yeah, we were talking a little bit about the um the podcast before. It's like uh, Jim Rohn used to share a story about if failures gave seminars. It's like we should all go and write notes. It's like, how did you have all this success? How did you do all these great things? And then you just messed it all up. Tell me exactly what not to do. Um, and there are people who live their life like this, where it's like, they, they've got to experience all of the failure and all of the, um, the, the mistakes or the mistakes firsthand before they believe them. Whereas a coach is there to guide you through the process because they've made the mistakes or seen people make the mistakes time and time and time again. They've got the experience. They're learning from the failure and the experience of others to give you a very clear path forward. So when they're giving you a path, that is a little bit different or they're telling you hey yeah you can eat carbs be willing to be open-minded be willing to be you know open to that 
whole you know a new way of doing things because you know you might be surprised if you do the same things you've always done you're going to get what you've always got dude i i completely agree with that i think i've had a lot of people come on as well it's like yeah i want to lose weight but i don't i want to really change the way i'm eating i just want you to tell me how i can fit the current way of eating in i have like i still want to have my my wheat bix every morning um and like i'm out the door and i, I still want to have like the smoko the same way i normally have it and i like i i still eat fast food um every lunchtime and i have from red rooster or hungry jacks literally um and you know how what, what do i do here and i was like well i'm not saying you can't do that i'm just saying you're going to be really hungry because you know, in saying that you can eat those foods, but we need to make sure we have enough protein or we need to then minimize your choice options at those restaurants, which aren't going to be value, very volume based. So you're not going to enjoy the process. And if you're not going to enjoy the process, you aren't going to sustain in the process. So again, you have to come into this with this, um, you know, open-mindedness is like what I've done in the past also. And what I'm currently doing is seeing me on a trajectory that I'm, not happy with and that's why i'm getting a coach and why i want to change so i need to change what i'm currently doing to get a different result otherwise i'm just going to keep repeating this current life and keep going on the negative trajectory that i'm on i think that the next point is that I have this willingness to learn i think all my guys that have the most amazing transformations you know drop 40 kilos bumped up strength like absolute um, life-changing results. Mm. Like all of a sudden, because their confidence goes through the roof, they're getting pay right. Like their lives are completely changed. Um, they have this massive willingness to learn and they understand if they are wanting to change that they will immerse themselves in that change. They'll take some feedback on, okay, this is a couple of books I can listen to, or this is a couple of podcasts like this one, for example, I can listen to. Because the more you can immerse yourself in that change, the more that you'll see how to change and understand the best path to change. They start following people who are like-minded. They start to immerse themselves in groups um, that are doing similar techniques to them so they can stay accountable. And I think this willingness to uh, to uh, learn and also this immersion in their new way of life because it is what it is it's a new way of life is probably the second step i would believe in being coaching coachable because you know if you're immersing yourself in this knowledge then that's what you're thinking about like that's top of mind awareness for you all the time and i think when you're trying to change that is probably one of the most, is is a crucial thing yeah it's like having a bath right it's like the the water will um warm you up and warm up your body temperature faster than the air will, even if they're both at the same temperature. And that's the idea of really immersing yourself and actively immersing yourself in a new environment with new ideas, with these, you know, these new learnings. And we've all done that before. We've got like a hobby that's come up or like something new and we've been really excited about it. And we've like, you know, I'll join the the local group for it, or I'll join the Facebook community, or I'll join the, you know, the discord for the younger view, for the younger listeners out there, or the, um, you know, the telegram group or whatever. And I'll just get all these updates. You know, I remember, a couple of times to do that with crypto i was like oh yeah i'm gonna get involved in this group i'm gonna listen i'm gonna watch all the prices i'm gonna suck fucking look at the thing every day um but you you get excited about it and when you immerse yourself in that environment you speak to more people that are doing things in it you are wow there's actually a lot in here it gives you that a little bit of a sense of motivation and i guess the biggest one is that idea of i'm not doing this alone i've got other people that are doing it with me there are new things for me to learn there are new things for me to um you know to implement and that all comes from being willing to learn and almost actively 
being an active participant in your rescue, right? There's people who just want to sit back and kind of be passively told things. And then there's people who are willing to actively learn and seek out some knowledge for themselves. You know, the difference between the people who, uh, you know, saw we were doing a podcast, subscribed and listened to each episode each week versus the people where it's like, hey, I've got to send them the episodes. Like, hey, you fucking need to listen to this episode this week because, because uh, you know, you're struggling. You need this one. Um, and, All right, fine. I guess I'll listen to it because you told me to. But the, and yes, that is an element of being coachable is, you know, doing, doing what you're told, but the element beyond that, that people achieve more success is being willing to learn and actively participating in that learning process. Mm. True. Yeah, agree, mate. I think accountability is next for me and it's going mm. not just accountability with their coach, but accountability with themselves. It's having a level of responsibility and they understand that they just want to take responsibility for their life and actions. And they go, I'm going to communicate with my coach. I am going to be honest with my coach in my communication. I'm mm -hmm. going to be honest with my slip ups um, rather than hiding. And they also then just don't um, essentially ghost their coach, which happens at times. Um, and there's, I'm just not going to respond right now because I'm doing, I'm screwing up. So if I, if I don't tell him I'm not screwing up and I'm going to ghost him and then he can't tell me that, you know, I, I'm a bad uh, guy for doing this. It's like, we're not going to tell you a bad guy for one. Um, we're going to help coach you through the process and we can't coach you through the process if we can't communicate to coach you. So I think this huge level of accountability that they will take on going, I'm going to be accountable for my actions from now on. Cause obviously again, I'm not happy with where I currently am. I need, want to be um, a healthier, more abundance of energy, more confident person. This is why I'm undertaking this transformation. I want to be this role model um, for my family and my, my kids. So I need to be accountability, accountable to myself and I need to be accountable to my coach and I need to be even more accountable during the tough times, even if it has to be daily accountability to navigate these next couple of days. Cause I just slipped up and I just know that I need that extra accountability um, to move forward. And for my guys, I would love that if they go, Hey, can you keep me accountable daily for the next couple of days? Just so I can, you know, gain that momentum train going back on um, because that's key, right? Like momentum is, is so crucial. When we slip up, we lose momentum when we get to a standstill. And if we can try and just gain that momentum back, and then all of a sudden we're in motion and object in motion tends to stay in motion. So I think accountability is a huge factor, both personal and external when we want to be coachable. Yeah. I think the flip side of that is the, we talked about it um, the other week, but support and asking for support. And that, that's that, again, that, that proactive communication that comes with the accountability and saying, Hey, I am struggling right now. I need a bit more help. I need a bit more support. Um, I'm dealing with this. Can you help me out? Can you, you know, push me, do whatever you need? It's like asking for what you need from the coach, right? That's again, it's another part of being coachable because if you've got issues and challenges that the coach doesn't know about, they're not going to be able to help you with them. So you've got to be accountable, but you've also got to be like up front and honest with them and be kind of be an open book and say, yep, this is what I'm dealing with. This is kind of what I tend to do. This is what I need, um, you know, from a coach or this, this is how I'm feeling at the moment, even if it's not all comfortable, right? It's, it's all about getting, un getting comfortable, having uncomfortable conversations, right? So having that level of support and, and actually utilizing that level of support is a big part of being coachable as well. I agree, mate. And in saying that, uh, the extension of that is just reflection. When you're having that communication with your coach, you know, we, we have weekly one-on-one -on -one calls with our guys um, in, in our hiring one-on-one -on -one coaching. And it's, it's the difference between 
um, the guys who come to the call and they've done some reflection themselves. Uh, you know, I, like I hit some protein here. I stuffed up on Saturday. Like I, I didn't plan it well. Like they've reflected. It's like mm-hmm. I didn't plan Saturday well, and that's why my calories were over. I hit three out of the four workouts. The fourth one, it was a time management uh, mishap, and this is why it happened, and this is how I, I would, you know, change it next time. I think the ability for yourself to – your the, and when you were saying it's like being active in the saving process, right? They're mm. self-reflecting and then they're coming to you with what they've seen and what they've learned. Because then if they're learning these things and they're consciously aware of it, you know that that you can help them with changing not just for now, but for the rest of their life. And so the people that you can't jump on a call and you're trying to, you have to really truly like, it's like, uh, you know, finding a needle in a haystack you know when you're trying to ask them for questions you're like okay how is this and it's like one word answer one word answer one word answer and it's it's so hard to communicate with them because they have no level of reflection on what went right what went wrong why it went right or wrong um you know why they did steps how they did steps did they do steps um it's like they have a, a, a form of amnesia about what the last seven days was like i think if <laughs> to, to, be, to be honest but i think if you think about it for you to self-reflect daily and self-reflect weekly and that's why i love the gamification process around points and you know with my guys it's like you know you get three points today steps nutrition and training and they can sort of do that on a daily basis and we go okay we got you know a possibility of 21 points we only hit one point on wednesday and i can ask them you hit one point on wednesday what happened on wednesday and they can actually tell me the narrative but not only tell me the narrative, but tell me how would you then do that differently next time? So then mm-hmm. they've, they, you can see that they're consciously aware of how their day played out, how they'll then replay that day. So if they come to the same obstacle next time, you know that they have the conscious recall to then drop that in and move through that day differently. And then in that process, I can coach them to then even um, – alter what their new plan was slightly so it even becomes less of a speed bump so i think reflection with that communication is so crucial yeah and i think it comes down to ownership as well right so it's like you've got to own the fact that yes i made a mistake yes i messed up i didn't i didn't plan it as well as i could versus you know coming with a a fix or a victim mindset right we've talked about this before as well but you know good points are worth repeating and worth trying to sort of cement into your mind you've got to hear them five or six or seven times sometimes in a different way for you to really sort of take them in but taking ownership over the struggles that you've had and over the challenges and say yeah it was uh you know there was poor time management on my part i didn't plan effectively for Sunday and I know what went wrong and I know how to fix it, right? It's like, think about it in a work environment. Imagine if you're on a, um, a job site and you've got an apprentice and he's running around just basically fucking shit up and, and blaming everyone else for it. It's like, you're like, no, 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 mate. You, I told you exactly what to do. You didn't do it. It's like, you didn't rock up on, oh, damn. Um, dropping spot, dropping bombs. Spot, yeah, literally my Spartan badge is trying to jump out. It's like, hey. Yeah, you know, it's like, hey, ownership. remember me? Yeah, remember me? Um, yeah, you did all the broken foot, whatever. Um, the uh, the the big thing from that, you know, is like you got a guy running around basically sort of, you know, messing the job up um, or he like rocks up late, right? Everyone's, you've got people who are chronically late then they'll blame the traffic. It's like the traffic's there every fucking day, right? It's the same as you're driving up the freeway at 8.30 in the morning. Of course, there's going to be traffic. You've got to plan for that shit. You're not going to, you can't rock up at 9.15, 9.30 every single time. You can't run around and not listen to, you know, to your super. Supervisors not listening to people that are telling you exactly what to do. You're just going to keep fucking shit up. 
but there are people that aren't willing to take ownership for, oh, yeah, it was my, my car or, you know, I, I, I slept in because my alarm didn't go off because my phone wasn't charged. It's like, well, because you didn't charge your phone. It's like all of these things you've got to take ownership of, especially when it comes to your health and your fitness, right? Yes, the kids are going to have crazy times and there's going to be times with this shit that's out of your control. You've got to be willing to say, yeah, this was my part that I played in this. This was the part that I played in this, um, you know, in the circumstances not going my way. Uh, or not going the way that I would have liked them to. And this is what I'm going to do differently. And at the same time, it doesn't matter who's at fault, right? Yeah. I, I think this is a big thing because when we when we don't take ownership, we like to blame or, and we make excuses, right? And then part of a lot of excuses is blame. Oh, my wife yeah. cooked the wrong dinner. I was like, dude, you can't blame your wife. <laughs> she cooked your dinner, this, bro. You say thank you. Yeah, cooked, <laughs> yeah exactly. You, you can't blame your wife. And if she cooked something that wasn't in your, you know, quote unquote calories. Yeah. You can go, okay, well I can, I'm not going to have this tonight. I'm going to take it for lunch tomorrow. I'm going to feed in tomorrow's calories. Don't just say you're not going to eat it guys. Cause then you just trust me. No, that's, that's, gonna, uh, that's, that's, that's a kettle of worms. What are they called? Yeah, we, can of we don't want a, a can of worms. We don't want to have a kettle or a can of worms open up. Okay. Either yeah, way. Your, your coffee will taste it. like worms. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't want it. So don't uh, just give you this right now. Do not say you're never going to eat it. Go, hey, I'll have this tomorrow for lunch. And if you didn't know what was for dinner, okay, that's a communication breakdown. Um, so you should always have a communication. That's what we tell all our dads. Sit down with your partner on a Sunday, sort of plan out what your dinners are going to be for the week. And then you can plan ahead of time so you know what your day is going to look like. And that just takes like 15 minutes with your partner um, to do that on a Sunday. And trust me, yes, you do have time. I know you have time to do this on a Sunday or a Saturday or a Friday, whatever your day off is. If you don't have a day off, just find 15 minutes to do it. I don't care. Find it. So if you didn't have that, okay, because now we're looking at possible problems and overcoming those problems before they arise by having communication. But if you didn't communicate or something went astray and what you had planned to eat was something different, go, hey, I'll have that for lunch tomorrow. Tonight, I'm literally, go get some cruskets, put some tuna on it and stick to your calories. Because just because your wife you know, made something that was out, like say it was going to blow your calories out. Okay. She didn't put you on your back and force feed you. You're not a baby. Okay. She did not force feed you this dinner or you could go, well, you know, well, I did track this and it was only going to be a hundred, couple of hundred calories extra. I went a couple of hundred calories extra. So tomorrow I'm going to go a couple of hundred calories under, and then we're mm. still on our weekly calories. So when we're looking at this, there is multiple ways, there's multiple tactics to still implement the strategy of calorie control or calorie tracking that is navigated through the hurdles because, and the, the way to not navigate it is to blame your wife or make excuses of why it didn't go to plan because that is not, that is not how we win, right? We win by taking full and complete ownership. And only once you take ownership, you're fat because of you. You're not fat at the end of the day because your wife or your job or life or anything, you're fat because you made choices around becoming fat. At the end of the day, you, you, you made choices over a period of time, you know, say probably 10 years where you put too many beers in your mouth and too many, you know, uh, calories in your mouth that you shouldn't have been eating and you sat on the couch for too much. Or you just had a, you know, maybe you didn't sit on the couch too much and you just overconsumed calories too much. I don't know. But there is some level of uh, a lack of exertion of calories, so a lack of movement and an overconsumption of calories over a period of time, which caused you to become fat. No one made you fat except you. Now, inside saying that, if once we own it, 
and I did this, okay, then we have to own every other decision after that. And that is essentially the path of being coachable is actually owning the decisions throughout the week. Um, I think a big thing is patience and trust. I know you said mm. trust before, but I think patience is a massive thing. Mm, yeah, I think that's it. That's um, I have it lined up to do a, a short on it later on in the week as well. But um, people, if you're not willing to be patient with the process and you're not willing to give it the time that it takes and you expect it to be done in a certain period of time, then you know, you're, you're essentially you're, you're discrediting the whole process, right? It, that's why we bring guys on for a minimum period of time. It's like, you want to see results in four weeks? Well, look, we might get results in four weeks. We might not. But the only people that can guarantee you results in those three, four weeks is we're going to do some drastic shit or if you're in a position where you're doing absolutely nothing and then you start something right so if you're already doing a little bit of something and you just need some tweaking and refining you're going to get to your goal eventually i, I shared this on the um on the story the other day i went through 30 kilo um 30 kilo fat loss uh, i'm I, I put up a poll i was like how long would you be okay with your transformation taking how long would you be okay with it for your to hit your ideal physique and most people hit about so six months some people were willing to go like one year two years some people were like 12 weeks um it all depends obviously on how much fat you've actually got to lose for me it was about 30 kilos ended up losing it over two years it took me two years to get down to the point where i had abs which was my goal 30 kilos over two years seems like a really long time. That's only 15 kilos a year, right? Like, oh, you could lose 15 kilos in, in six months pretty pretty easily. But I was like, yeah, but that, you know, if I had gone and that was the only thing I was focusing on in my life, yeah, probably could have made that happen. But I'm mean, burnt out by the end of it. Um, in that time, I had my sister's wedding, went, you know, to the Maldives for it for a week. They had, you know, birthdays and Christmas, around fucking two years worth of events. And, you know, Easter came up twice, Christmas came up twice, New Year's came up twice. Yeah, you know, all of these things doubled up. But it, it and it took two years, but if I was so focused on the speed of the goal and oh, I'm not getting there quick enough, then I would have given up, you know, six months in because I wasn't getting there fast enough, basically. And um, not to mention the first like six months of progress felt like I've felt like nothing had changed. I just, I went from, you know, a chubby apple to a slightly smaller chubby apple. Um, it just, it, it didn't feel like I was making that much meaningful progress. It's like the centimeters were reducing and the kilos were going down, but I was the same fucking shape and I was, it still didn't feel different. So if you don't have patience, if you're not willing to grind through those plateaus or, you know, shift your perspective or have take, you know, take a, you know, a week or two diet break and then jump back into it with some like sort of refreshed motivation. If you're not willing to sort of grind out the long term, then don't tell yourself that you are. Don't tell yourself, oh yeah, no, I'm really committed to this goal because if you're not willing to give it the time, the patience that it requires to actually see the results long-term and for you to cement those habits long-term, then you're never going to see that result. And that's a big part of being coachable is being patient, being willing to see the see the the process through to its finish line because otherwise you'll never know if it worked, right? Mm. Oh, I got impatient with this workout, so I started doing different workouts. I got impatient with this diet because, um, you know, the protein was too annoying, so I started doing something. I just went back to doing keto because I was too impatient with the results. Well, you never would have seen the results um, in that two-week period. You needed to give it longer, but now you'll never know what the results could have been because you weren't patient enough. Mate, I completely agree. I think the patience, you know, then interlinked with trust is crucial because as, as you're dieting, right, let's just say you need to lose um, 30 kilos, okay? So let's just go back to that. Funny you know, some, people, some people will want to go, yep, I want to get there in 30 weeks, okay? And again, that's achievable in 30 weeks, but then you have to go, well, what do I, what do I have to sacrifice? And this is a conversation mm -hmm. we'll have, and this is about being coachable, you know, yeah. um, 
This is the sacrifices that you'll have to make to lose 30 kilos in 30 weeks. This is the level of calorie restriction will have to come down. The amount of steps of this will have to go up. The amount of you know training and volume that we'll have to do. Now, the, and the, the limited social environments with like food and alcohol and all that sort of stuff. And this is kind of what your life will look like. Is that okay? And then again, honesty, going back to having ownership, yes or no, is that okay? And then you have to be honest going, you know what, I don't think I can do that. And I really wouldn't say, you know, just nailing 30 weeks straight of dieting is probably the smartest thing all the time. Um, there needs to be, you know, a good 16 weeks and then there needs to be a maintenance period because we give our hormones a bit of a break from being in that sort of calorie deficit. We give our psychology a bit of a break from being in that calorie deficit. We mm. give, um, so it's interlinked, like our physiology and our psychology. We, we aren't hungry during a maintenance period, so we just get back to being able to actually eat. And in a maintenance period, you have to go, okay, well, wait, we're dieting. I'm 16 kilos into my 30-week goal, or 30, sorry, 30-kilo 30 goal. Now, I might go into a maintenance period or even a small calorie surplus for sort of six weeks to give myself a break. I'm still going to train. I'm still going to do my steps, but I'm just going to have a break. And then all of a sudden, it's taken 36 weeks. Okay. Mm. And then instead of 30 weeks, and then you might lose another 10 kilos. So then you get back into your deficit. You start going again. And as a coach, you go, you know, we start dieting, you have to reduce calories. And you're like, okay, well, this isn't, the centimeters aren't changing at the moment. You have to go, well, I think we're going to have to have another short diet break because you know, with the diet break, then all of a sudden, you know, multiple reasons, but maybe our, our volume's going down and we're not lifting as heavy as we could be. So we go into a maintenance where we focus on a bit of strength for another four to six weeks. And then, with that, you have to go, okay, well, my tra my coach, I need to trust them, okay? Mm. Because I know that I thought I could do it in 30 weeks, but we had this first maintenance period, it's going to take 36. And my coach said, you know, four weeks, if I just kept going harder and harder and grinding out, I maybe could get there. But he's told me to do another four-week maintenance period, so it's going to take eight weeks extra now. So now it's like a 40-week transformation instead of a 30-week a transformation. And yeah. you have to go, well, he understands my constraints and he's saying this is the best path so i will have patience and trust in this process that this maintenance period right now is the best thing for me for my again long-term success to lose that 30 kilos and i think that is such a crucial thing it can take two years to to lose the 30 kilos and it can take 10 weeks to lose 30 kilos but some of the people that do it in 10 weeks probably aren't going to keep the 30 kilos off and that's a probably i'm sure it's happened um but the people who have done it in two years i'm sure that the habit formation over a period of time they will keep that weight off for a longer period of time if not forever because of building a solid foundation of habits and understanding in the process with patience mm. Because yeah. if you want things quickly, you know, great relationships don't you know don't happen overnight. Wealth isn't built overnight. You know, you most why most people who win the lotto are broke within two years. Like mm. transformations that are sustainable don't happen overnight. Anything that is too good to be true normally is. I think that is something that you have to understand. Um, if it sounds too good to be true, it's normally too good to be true because it's not going to you know, give you that long-term success. Um, so I think patience, trust the process, those two together, and then that coupled with consistency with people not getting upset. And I'll let you cover this in a second. It's like, you know, we're coaching someone and they get upset with the results they didn't get this month 
but they get upset with the results they didn't get for the work they didn't do. Hmm. Okay. Cause they didn't reflect. Okay. Going back to reflection. Um, so I was like, you have to be consistent and that's being coachable. Um, and you have to be consistent with ref- reflection because you can't be upset with the results you didn't get from the work you didn't do. Yeah. The plan is in place for a reason. And the plan has all the steps that it has for a reason. And there will be a lot of guys I've spoken to that'll do 60%, 50 to 60% of the plan, right? They'll track some days, most of the way they'll do one or two sessions here and there. And then, you know, to be fair, that is more than they were doing before. And they feel like it's more than they were doing before. And they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to the gym and I'm, I'm, you know, tracking every now and then and I'm eating protein and I wasn't doing that before. And I bought this protein powder and, you know, they expect to see these big dramatic drops. And then when they don't get them, they get pissed off and they get annoyed. They're like, I thought this would be, you know, quicker. I thought this would happen, right? It's like, you've got to see that it's almost like um, similar to, you know, to trust. It's like, you've got to see the process out fully. You've got to be an active participant in it. You've got to commit and you've got to be consistent as hell with it. If you don't, there's no way that anyone can make any kind of adjustment. If you're up one week and down another and you're left and you're right and you're fucking doing all sorts of different shit all over the place, then you don't know if what you're doing is working and you don't know which part of what you're doing is working. It's like if um, if any coach was to tell you, all right, so what we're going to do now is we're going to add in, you know, a 5K run uh, two times a week and we're going to drop your calories and we're going to bump up your protein um, and you're going to start drinking more water and you're going to start eating more vegetables. It's like fucking you do all those things and then you start moving forward. It's like, well, which one of those things actually started helping me? It was probably like, you know, overkill, all of it happening at once. But if you're not consistent with your approach and you're not consistent over time doing that, even if you're not, doing the program at least if you're consistent with how you're not doing the program and you're like all right i tend to overeat by like 200 calories okay cool well at least we've got a baseline of consistency from yeah. where you're at and we can make changes from that i consistently hit one to two sessions a week right then we can start to get a vibe for what is your baseline and then work from there as opposed to going from zero to doing maybe three or four sessions a week but whatever allows you to be consistent and again, this also comes back to communication. If the plan is unrealistic or unmanageable for yourself, don't blow smoke up my ass and tell me that, it, oh yeah, I can hit four sessions a week when you can fucking hit two, right? It's 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 not a moral thing where oh, I can't hit three to four sessions a week or I can't let Jason or Trav know that because then they'll, you know, they'll tell me just to be more committed and get it done. But all right, well, why do you feel like you can't hit that many? All right, cool. You know, you're working 14 hour days and you're a single dad taking care of three kids or like, you know, the fucking, yeah. Yeah, maybe that. Yeah, exactly. There, there, there's some definitely some circumstances that um, I mean, or you just like, look, spending time with my kids on those nights is actually more important to me than my, you know, than, um, you know, getting absolutely shredded. And it's like, all right, well, then we can work around one to two days a week, we can get something going there, we can look at the diet, we can make some stuff happen. But if you're not willing to be honest with what you can be consistent with, and you start doing shit that is really, really drastic. Um, now that's why a lot of people get those big results. They'll go on a big crash diet or they'll, you know, starve themselves five days a week. And, you know, all of that's something they'll get the result and they'll be like, oh yeah, it worked. And then they don't know how to get back to it. So consistency, no matter what is what's going to allow you to see the result long-term, but it's also going to be what allows your coach to help you make those smaller changes to get the better result. Um, like what I do, I do a couple of things consistently. I don't track the oil that I use in my food. Um, I don't track sources. And I, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much the main two, the main two that most people recommend you do. The reason why I don't do that is because of, I'm very consistent with how much oil and how much sauce I use on pretty much all of my meals. So 
no matter what, if I'm eating, if let's say my goal is 2000 calories and I'm probably eating 2,150 from oil and sources, if I reduce my calories down to 1900 as a goal, I'm still reducing my calories by a hundred. It's just a different number that I actually end up hitting, but it doesn't matter for me. And that's something that works for me consistently. If I have to be too anal with my tracking, I'm not going to consistently do it. So you've got to have that plan. You've got to have that conversation. And again, work together to create a game plan with your coach to say, I don't think this is sustainable for me. You know, some people after they're tracking for a little while, like, you know what, I don't think I can track like this full time. All right, well, let's come up with a compromise that works, whether it's, you know, you've got now you've got your meals and your portion sizes, you don't need to track them anymore unless you start having different shit all the time. Um, but you've got, you've got to have that conversation and then you've just got to be consistent with it. Mate, I completely agree. I think when we're looking at this as well, it's and looking at real world um, examples, I think people, a common conversation I have with my dads is tracking on the weekends, okay? Mm. You'll see they're tracking the nutrition Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, some Friday, and then you'll see like- Friday till 1 p.m. Yeah, literally, Friday (laughs) to 1 p.m. And then it's like no tracking from Friday 1 p.m. onwards until Monday morning. And then they'll plot their weight and every Friday morning, their weight will be at a low and every Monday it'll be up like a kilo and a half because all of a sudden, you know, they've just eaten more carbs, glycogen goes up. I doubt they put on too much fat, but then we have to deplete. Like it just, it's just not as much of a streamlined process because they have such structure during the week. They have a lack of structure on the weekend with a lack of structure on a weekend without forward planning equals a, a overeating of calories and macros go out the window. So I think if your plan for the month is to lose, let's just say 40 kilos, a uh, four kilos, not 40 kilos, Jesus. If your plan for the month is month. to lose- yeah, exactly. If you're playing for the month, you might just get divorced. Um, you lose your 40 kilos. You yeah. lost more. Um, so with this, if you're playing for the month is to lose four kilos and you only tracked Monday to Friday and you didn't track Saturday on Sunday, and uh, you know, you only tracked 70% of the time. Like that's, you know, if we're looking over 28 days and you tracked five days, you know, we, we're not tracking like, you know, 8.4 days. So if we're looking at it, that's, 70% of the time you were not tracking. So then you'd have to be happy with 70% of the result. See, cause you can't be mm. unhappy with the results you didn't get with the work you didn't do. Right. I think it's so crucial. It's like, okay, well, you're not going to lose four kilos. You probably won't. You probably lose somewhere, you know, 2.8, right. Something around that. Um, now if you didn't track Friday, Saturday and Sunday, which happens with a lot of guys, um, that means you didn't track 60% of the time. Okay. So that means you're going to lose like 2.2 kilos. Okay. Instead of your four kilos. Because you didn't track and you might not even lose anything because you could have completely blown out those days, right? So Mm. I think you have to have this reality of like, if I'm not willing to track on the weekends, I don't have the data, which means I can't expect my result to be on track to what the goal was that I Mm. set with my coach over this next four weeks. So tracking on the weekends, I tell most of my guys, it's like Fridays are fight through Fridays. Like that is what we label it. We fight through Friday because if we know if we nail Friday and we wake up first thing on Saturday and we exercise, then we are in the headspace of winning the weekend. We fight through Fridays and then we win fucking Saturdays, right? And if we do that, it means we tracked our weekends. And I always tell them, it's like track ahead of time on the weekend. Like, look at what you're going to do tomorrow, okay? And oh, I don't know if I have time. It's like, well, dude, I know that you're on the toilet for at least 10 minutes a day. Like, I just know it. Every man out there is on the toilet for at least 10 fucking minutes a day. It's like, instead of scrolling TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, whatever the hell you're doing on the toilet, 
open up your tracking app, okay, and plan your nutrition for the next day as you see the food come out of you as you're sitting on that toilet. So, <laughs> so well, like, just plan the next day. You're there for 10 minutes. It doesn't take longer than 10 minutes to plan the next day. Oh, I'm at a sad day. I know I'm going to be at my kid's soccer. I know that I'll drive past Nando's because the kids have, you know, takeout after soccer, whatever your day is, and I'm mm. going to eat this um, – chicken wrap okay fantastic i know i'm going out with the missus on saturday night and we're going to this restaurant google restaurant google menu i'm going to have the i fill it 250 grams it says there i'm going to have a salad i'm going to have the potatoes track it in there it's done like you're planning ahead of time whilst you're on the toilet so it's not taking more time in your day it's within your current constraints and all of a sudden you've tracked 90 percent or 100 percent of the time which means we've got the data in place to get 100% of the results. So I, I think it's so crucial, consistency. That's what wins games. You don't have like, you know, it's about showing up and repeating the effort over a prolonged period of time. And I think um, the next point is, is adaptability. I think you have to be adaptable um, to be coachable because the plan that is laid out does not mean that that is the plan you stick to. And I, I think that is so crucial. As, as someone who is participating in a transformation process, you know, we, we talk like Tony Robbins will say, right? It's like the state, the story, the strategy. And the two most crucial things you have to look after to achieve a goal is the state and the story. So the state, the frequency you live at, being in a high frequency state, because then you tell, you tell yourself, you know, high frequency stories, like positive stories rather than negative ones. Because if we can have a great state and a great story, it doesn't matter the fucking strategy right? Mm. Because you'll nail the first strategy. Oh, that didn't work. Okay, we'll go to the next one. And you go from strategy to strategy with this unwavering belief that you are going to achieve the result. You just need to nail the right strategy. And your coach might you know, give you a strategy and it might not be able to be executed 100% given your constraints. You thought it could be and it couldn't, so we need to adapt. Okay. Or we, we, we looked at a set of calories and these calories based on, you know, your, your energy expenditure and what you should be burning or what you are burning could be slightly off. So, hey, do we need to decrease the calories or we need to increase the output? The, the math wasn't 100% there based on what your metabolic rate should be and based on what it actually is. So we need to lower the calories slightly. So you have to be okay and you have to be adaptable and go, okay, well, you know, they understand that coaching is a process is forever changing. I hit a plateau. Okay, we hit a plateau right now. It means we need to pivot. We need to pivot and change to bust through this plateau. And this is how we're going to do it because your coach will show you how to push through the plateau. We'll show you how to pivot, how to adapt, how to change, and then keep going forward. And I think you have to be open to change. You have to find to be adaptable because if not, we get so fixated and then we're like, no, this is how it should work. It's like, it, it's not because your body is ever changing. The lighter version of you requires less calories and it's just how it is. And you have to adapt with the process. Yeah, you might injure yourself. Your wife might eat the last little bit of um, of yogurt that was in the fridge. You know, I portioned that out for myself and then she didn't realize because you didn't communicate to her. You know, that's a whole nother podcast, how to talk to your wife uh, without starting a fire. But the, those things happen, right? Um, I was at the gym the other day and the power shut out, right? And the power went out. Um, luckily for me, I was already in the gym. So, but it's like, if I was on the outside and my key card wouldn't work, it's like, fuck, I'm going to have to adapt. I'm going to have to go to the gym the next day as opposed to this day. I'm going to have to do something different or go to the, the park and do some pull-ups 
on the bar and, you know, do, you know, those little um, park gym ones that have like spring loaded uh, resistance, you know, just go to try and max that out as best you can. But there's always going to like, it's like, we've talked about this before. Life has randomness. Randomness has never not happened, right? Life has never not been random. So you've got to be willing to embrace that randomness and know that you will do whatever it takes to get the result. And being adaptable often comes from you know having a coach, but having a coach that will give you a strategy that's not cookie cutter and not one size fits all and not everyone's going to do keto and everyone's going to go to the gym on Monday morning and everyone's going to do a run on Wednesday at lunchtime. Like that's not how it's going to work for everybody. So having a plan, not only having a coach and being coachable, but having a plan that's adaptable and a plan that allows for flexibility. And if you know, all of that fails, being able to message your coach, be like, fuck, this happened. What do I do? Um, rather than throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah, as we love to do here. True. And the last, yeah, exactly. Oh, babies. Uh, with this, mate, the last one I wanted to talk about is a positive attitude. And I think like with our last and our smiles, we're, we're positive people, okay? Mm. Um, because I can always find in, in 99% of things, I can find the flip side, right? Like I can, I can find the positive, the silver lining, okay? 99% mm. of things. And there's 1% of things, right? Like where I'm like, you know, Ricky Gervais says, like, kids with cancer, like, what the fuck? Uh, like, yeah. you know, I, I, like, there's some things where I'm like, no, nah, that's fucked up. Okay. But yeah. 99% of things, <laughs> I, I can find the fucking positive. Um, but so if we're looking at it, you have to be in a positive mindset and have a positive attitude to be coachable. It's like, we've all, we all know people when they walk into a room or they call you on your phone and you're like, fuck, I'm not picking that up. I don't want yeah. to talk to that person. Or they walk into a room and you're like, you grab your phone and you pretend you're on a call. <laughs> oh, I just don't want to, I don't want to talk to that person. Yeah, it's going to go. It's going to go. Um, because, and, and if that is you, people always grab their phone when you walk into a room, then yeah, dude, you're a negative motherfucker. Um, mm. Because so you have to reflect, but not, most of the time they think it's everyone else and not them, but that's, that's okay. Uh, when we look at it, you have to, try and be positive. And that doesn't mean like blind positivity. Like I'm not trying mm. to like toxic positivity. A, to, yeah. Toxic positivity is the, is the word that I'm looking for is it's not being toxically positive and, and that's not what we want, but you have to also understand that life happens for you. Okay. Not to you. You might be walking through some mud at the moment, but we just need to keep walking forward and we have to go, okay, well we have to look at obstacles as challenges. And the challenges are, are put in front of you to become better and to grow. And I think that is such a big thing. It's like, well, this is challenge. I was, you know, what am I got? Like, as you age, it depends on who you are. And, uh, you know, there is divorces, there's kids separations and going to different partners. There's like job losses. There's so many things to the dads listening to this. Like, guys, like, at one point in your life, like you're going to walk through a minefield and like you can have that one event be the pivotal moment for why the rest of your life is shit, right? And we know those people as well. Oh, this happened 10 years ago and this is why I could never lose weight again mm -hmm. or never could become successful because they created this one moment and they gave it the meaning why they couldn't achieve success. Okay. Hmm. And, or you can give it the meaning of why you did achieve success. Right. So it's like, okay, I separated my wife. My, it's like this, you know, shared custody thing. And this is the reason why I became the best dad ever. 
All right. <laughs> so yeah. I, I learned, I learned even more into becoming a role model. I learned even more, blah, blah, blah. I, came, I became a better communicator with my ex-partner. Like, you know, you, you can lean one way or another in life. And this is when we have a positive attitude. I know that I was talking about catastrophic catastrophic events then, but that's what filters down into all the little events, right? If we can treat those with a positive attitude or try and find a silver lining in those, that will trickle down into the low tier events. And I was like, okay, well, yesterday, for example, dude, I was in the gym. I locked my keys in the car, in the, in the gym, and I shut the door. And I was like, fuck my keys in the gym. I can't get home. Um, uh, I'm standing at the front. Uh, literally, I'm standing outside the gym. I was like, it's 7 a.m. Liv's trying to get the kids ready for school. And Jackson is cross country yesterday. And I didn't want to disrupt that because I didn't want to. I, I just, I, I don't like to disrupt things I don't have to disrupt. Um, because like, I don't want to ruin the morning routine. Like Liv has breakfast club. She cooks for the kids at school on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Cause that's what Liv does. Um, mm. and I was like, I know she had a busy day. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to disrupt that. I'm like, okay, I'm like 10 kilometers from my home. I can't drive my car cause my keys are in the gym. What do I, I just walked home. Right. So I just started walking home. That's nice, right? nice cool down. Yeah, dude. And I was like, well, uh, okay, I know it's 10Ks. I'm not going to run because I wasn't wearing runners. And if I run, I probably would have like done my calf um, because it was just, and I live in rural area guys. Like, so there's like tractors and trucks and logging trucks coming at me um, down this highway after I walked out. It's, it's intense. Um, and <laughs> good thing. Good thing. Tassie's uh, small. Yeah, exactly. I was like, wow. Um, so instead it's like, okay, well I just get to get my steps up. I knew that, you know, for me, I'm like, okay, I have been, I had about an hour and a half of downtime yesterday and that turned into my downtime that, okay, this is my downtime. I need to embrace it and go, well, I'm just going to get my steps up um, and treat it as the positive side of things and the negative side of things. So I got about seven Ks home and one of the, one of the boys from the gym actually drove past me. He's like, dude, what are you doing? Why are you walking on the highway? <laughs> I was like, I'm trying to get home. My car's at the gym. Um, and he's like, do you want me to drive you the rest of the way? I laughed. He, I jumped in his car and drove me the last three Ks home. Um, but it's like life happens, guys. Randomness, as Jay said before, like you can't understand randomness because it's going to happen to you. All you can do is you can meet that randomness with a positive attitude and go, well, it is what it is. I can't change what it is. So because I can't change what it is, I can either meet this with a negative attitude or I can meet this with a positive attitude. Which one's going to serve me the most? <laughs> like at the end of that, that's what it is. Like which attitude is going to serve me the most right now? And I'll tell you right yeah. now, the negative attitude, again, if we're talking about percentage, it's probably not going to serve you 99% of the time, right? Like it just isn't. There'll probably be mm -hmm. 1% where that negative attitude, yep, probably serves you. Um, <laughs> but yeah. like most of the time, the positive attitude and how you meet these circumstances and how you meet these challenges is what's going to allow you to be coachable as the, the it's how you show up on the calls. It's when you walk into a room again at the same time, or when you call someone, you know, you, someone walks into the room and you can feel their aura. Like you can, you're like, I love talking to that person because when I finish having that conversation, like I feel great. Like they make me feel yeah. good. And we know that person as well. And that's who you could be. And all it again, it is, it's choice, right? I'm going to meet challenges, you know, most of the time, with positivity 
because I can meet them with negativity or positivity, and that's a choice. And we know meeting them with positivity at least will make you feel a little better as you're working through the challenge, because the challenge is going to be there either way. It's just how you feel on the inside whilst undertaking the challenge that's the only change, and you get to choose how that happens. I think that is the, the crucial pinnacle of the coachability. Yeah. The only thing that you're in control of is how you respond. So, mm. you know, respond in the way, like I, I, if something like, you know, negative happens and something that I normally would respond to, like, oh, fuck, yeah, that's annoying or whatever. You know, I give myself 10, 30 seconds, maybe, um, just to get it out of my system mm. and just to be pissed yeah. off about it. Because there are times where I enjoy being pissed off about something for almost like comedic effect for myself, like overly pissed off. It's like, fucking knew the ice cream machine would be broken every like there was a time lauren Mackers. i think was um she, yeah, yeah, went to Macca's because um lauren wanted a uh she wanted a um a sunday or a mcflurry she wanted a mcflurry and this is you know just after pregnancy so i was like i'm doing i'm doing whatever my wife wants went to Macca's, like drove through it's like a fiddly one where it's got to go like past traffic lights and in a shop and around it's not like an easy simple drive through um sorry our ice cream machine's actually broken at the moment i was like Fuck, i had to re- do the reverse of shame because there's nothing else that i wanted nothing mm. else that she wanted so just had to drive home so you know enjoyed my my 10 to 30 seconds just being like every fucking time this happens just, just fucking mcdonald's knew this would i knew this over i feel like i should have just called ahead and asked them hey is your ice cream machine fucking broken save me the drive right yeah. spend 10 minutes in the car away from the screaming baby for a, and then come back in. Sorry, honey, it was broken. Um, but yeah, then after that period, you've got to give yourself that time where it's like, all right, mm. I'm done like sooking. I'm done whinging yeah. and I'm done bitching about it. I've gotten that out of my system. It's all done. It's like, um, I liken it to when you forgive someone for something that they've done or they've said, and then you still bring it up. It's like, no, no, no. If you've forgiven or if you've, you've said, you know what? new clean slate you can't bring that shit up again right it's like you know you and your partner have a big blow up or they you know they cheat on you or something big happens right you can't say i forgive you and then throw it in their face again that's just it's it's that's you know that's not being impeccable with your word that's that's not it's not an um uh integral way to live that's not living with integrity it's the same thing with you know once you decide to let go of that shit it's like you've got to fully let go of it once you decide you know what all right. Like that's why I like to intentionally give it a bit of like aggression and energy personally. This is the way that I work through it. Yeah. I completely agree, mate. Like I, I'll, you have to feel emotions. This is not Mm. about being some stoic person without emotions, guys. Uh, Yeah, exactly. It's not the way the world works, but I do one extra thing. What you said is like, so something negative happens, like I'll feel the emotion. I'll also let out emotion. Like, ah, um, but then what I will say is can't change it. And I'll openly say it out loud. It's like, can't change it because it can't change. It was the past. The thing that got me frustrated or the, the, the negative event or whatever happened, happened. Okay. So I felt the emotion. I gave myself a second and then I openly say it like a crazy person talking to themselves, whether it be on the street or at home, wherever I am, I say, can't change it. And that is my line, right? There was a line in the sand when I said, I can't change it. And then I can move on because every, all the emotion was felt before that the issue happened before that. And because I can't change it now, I get to choose my emotion coming, going forward and also how I am going to deal with the issue that was at hand. So I think it's, as Jay said, guys, it's so crucial. This is not about not feeling emotions. It's about understanding how to deal with emotions, which is the big thing. And I think yeah. that is a big thing we all need to continue to work on, which is our emotional stamina. 
Yeah. Knowing like when the emotion stops serving you. There's a period of time where anger mm. and frustration might serve you. I think I have a similar, I don't actually say it out loud, but it, I think sometimes I do. But for me, it's just, it's oh well. Like I think that when I'm, it's not something I've consciously done, but if I think yeah. about the, um, yeah. like the sequence of events that happens in my head, if I get frustrated about something, it's like, oh, fuck, yeah. I'm out. oh, well, and yeah. that's it. And so that, that's, that's like, that's kind of when I've put the lid on that and shoved yeah. it away and it's done. Um, so we've talked about this in the habits podcast, having the, the habits and the, um, the trigger points for yourself and the, and the cues for you to almost move on to how you respond. Cause there's the immediate response, but then there's how you will actually deal with the challenge. And mm. yet the immediate response can kind of be whatever you want, maybe temper it a bit. If you're with your partner, you know, you don't want them to say something to you and then you just explode and go, ah, oh, she always says this all the fucking, that's not and then go, can't, and then go, oh, well, <laughs> and then hopefully can't she change says nothing back. <laughs> yeah. Can't change her. Oh, well, yeah. I'm stuck with her now. I'm married. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That can change. You, Don't worry. You won't, you won't be married. <laughs> exactly. 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 You'll get. You'll get your wish. Be careful what you wish for. Um, but yeah, it, it, when it comes to you know, the external stuff that happens, um, yeah, obviously, be yeah, be sense yourself a little bit around the kids. But even if it's like internal, or you just like throw your hands up in the air, whatever. And then, yeah, as you say, choose your response from there. Because after seven seconds, everything is a choice. There's a period of time where you cannot, where it's like there's there's like the reaction, which is involuntary. It's like someone you know sneaks up on you, you're scared, you're like, oh, what the fuck, right? Like I do that to my wife all the time accidentally. I would just, she doesn't hear me walking down the, the hallway. So now I have to stomp down the hallway so she knows that I'm coming so I don't frighten her mm. and I still somehow frighten her. Um, that immediate reaction is uncontrollable. It's after that first seven seconds, then it becomes a choice. And then you've got to willingly choose to not hold on to the frustration about shit that you can't control because it's not serving you anymore. Is that like, and this is a question to you, is like is the seven seconds after that first um, animal yeah, response? Like the, yeah, that it's that, that first, well, it's pretty much the animal response is kind of in that seven seconds, that first seven yep. seconds, like someone punches you in the face, seven seconds from when it like connects basically is like, that's that's pretty much the animal mode in that it's yeah. that's like the fight or flight all the shit that comes up from there then it's like one because seven seconds is a long time it's like yeah. punch one two three four five six so, like that's a long time yeah um but then it's like you know you get punched again and then it's like it just keeps repeating and the seven yeah, seconds yeah. keeps restarting don't um, keep, which if is, you, keep, which if is you keep getting punched don't keep waiting seven seconds because you'll be not don't keep waiting seven, put your hands up at least guard <laughs> yeah, yourself yeah, for seven yeah. seconds yeah exactly but so, that's that's that uh yeah that's but, that seven no, seconds you've got a yeah you can let it out but i think uh, yeah. and we look at victor frankel like he talks about like stimulus yeah. and response and if to, the ability to expand the gap allows you to choose mm. your own way in any given circumstance. Like that's a bit of a bastardization of two of his quotes jammed in together. Mm. But he talks about if we can expand the gap and if you can think about that, you know, there's a stimulus, there's a response, right? And if we expand the gap and we would talk about responsibility as the ability to respond to an event. So if we look at expand the gap for seven seconds and then anything after that, as Jason said, Jace just said, that's, your ability to respond to that stimulus. So if you expand the gap, there's a gap between when you respond and the stimulus occurring, and then you have the ability to choose the response that serves you best. I think just remember that again, just saying it slightly different so you can actually take that in because it's such a crucial understanding of this. Mm, yeah, 100%, 100%. If you can have that positive mindset and you can have that, 
if that can come about quicker after any neg, quote unquote negative stimulus or randomness, right? Don't even call it negativity. Just call it randomness. Yeah, randomness yeah. Um, after any life's randomness happens, if you can really elongate that time and choose your response, then, you know, that's going to be, you know, that's, that's the biggest element to being positive, uh, being just a more positive person as the biggest element to being coachable. Exactly. And guys, that is it for today's podcast. And now remember, if you want to be coached, um, first try and be coachable. Uh, and <laughs> listen, you got to the end of the podcast, right? So yeah, go to you're fit good dash, now, you're golden. Exactly. You're good. You're good to go. Go to fit-dad.club. Um, book in. We can talk about where you are, where you want to be, and how we would close the gap to achieve that success for your transformation. So fit Um, There is a free Facebook group called Fit Dad Club. Um, there also is us on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook. And also make sure you leave a review. Leave a comment. If you're on YouTube, if you're on um, any of the podcasting platforms, give us a review, give us a comment, help us get this out there to other dads. Because even if you feel like, you know, you like enjoyed it or didn't enjoy it, like whatever it is, someone else might enjoy it. So share it with them. And if you mm. did enjoy it, guys, we've just talked, like we talk every week for about an hour. We're giving you our time and we just want you to give us 30 seconds and leave a review and also leave some form of star rating, whatever star rating you can do. I don't really care. Um, and guys, if you want to argue with Jace on YouTube comments, feel free to go do over it. there because it's it. always fun. Um, or if you yeah. just want to watch him argue on YouTube comments, go to YouTube and just watch his arguments with people. It's funny. Um, <laughs> guys, but that's it for yeah. me today, guys. You got anything else, Jace? No, that's it. Just uh, be coachable. And uh, if you need anything from us, feel free to reach out and I'll look forward to seeing you on the next one. See you later, guys. Bye. Peace out.